Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Americans, good Kansans, and those who like to listen to Chillin' in the State House. This is Jason Tidd, the perhaps better half of the uh, State House team here at the Topeka Capital Journal, and I'm here with Andrew Ball. The worse half, lesser half, lesser half. Jason, it's been a little while since we did this. I think we were due for a due for a. Uh, do for recording yes we have plenty of news from the last time we uh did one of these and uh in the covid front it's a lot of politics and not too much good news going on well i'm glad you got to start us out on a cheery note why don't you explain what you mean by that so uh covid numbers haven't been getting significantly better in kansas and Nationwide, they haven't either, and our president, Joe Biden, has issued a federal vaccine mandate. Kind well, of. Right. He, he, he has declared in a speech that there will be a federal vaccine mandate, and he has directed his underlings to create such mandates. But they have not actually been issued, so we have a promise of a mandate. And that becomes important, as we'll get to later. Yes. So there is a promise of a mandate that nobody has actually seen yet. Uh, So that is where we stand with Republicans in Kansas now trying to find ways to challenge said vaccine mandate. Well, and actually mandates is probably the better way of putting it because there are a few different policies that are actually mandates. So he's now requiring federal workers and contractors to get the vaccine before they could get the vaccine or they could test every week. So there was an out. But now the testing option is going bye-bye. And the federal worker one is something that presumably he has the authority to do right that's a little much more difficult to challenge right that's pretty clearly within his wheelhouse and it should be noted people think federal workers are on washington which is true but there are some ways that this could implicate kansas it's worth noting some pretty big uh agencies within the u.s department of agriculture are based in kansas city missouri our listeners will know that many people who work in kansas city missouri do not live in missouri and insert Missouri joke here. They live on the better half of the state line. <laughs> and then also there are uh, uh, numerous Kansas firms that come to mind that are federal contractors. Some of the aerospace 
companies in Wichita were kind of the first ones that came to mind. Uh, Cessna, Spirit, and Cessna. Yeah, and and we don't any, you know we don't have firm guidance on how that's they're going to be implicated, but it is worth pointing out. I think that that it's that there is some some influence there, and then also kind of in the same vein. And Jason, you've reported a lot on the president's nursing home vaccine mandate. Yes. So a month ago, the president issued a nursing home mandate, but not but but just for nursing homes, right? Other healthcare workers were in the clear for the time being. Exactly. So the nursing home advocates a month ago said, said if there is going to be a vaccine mandate, you know, to keep our staff from getting COVID, to keep our staff from spreading COVID to our residents. Uh, such a mandate should have to apply to all healthcare industries because it would create a worse staffing shortage for these nursing homes for their staff to be able to walk down the street to the nearest hospital that didn't have a mandate. Uh, so while they may not have been for or against a mandate, they definitely did not want it to single out nursing homes on their own. And that is what Biden changed is he expanded that to all healthcare industries that get Medicare or Medicaid funding. Presumably, you wouldn't have to put a vaccine mandate in place, but you would lose funding from those two programs, in which case your hospital would go belly up. So, a pretty good incentive to put that in place. And I was actually I was talking with the Kansas Hospital Association folks last week, and. You know, they think that because it applies to everyone, that that's actually going to, you know, that there may be some people who quit over it. But if you're a nurse and quit, where are you going to be able to go unless you want to change industries altogether? You know, there might be some people in like facilities management or bookkeeping who don't want to get vaccinated. You know, they could probably find employment somewhere else. But but by and large, you know. They're kind of reviewing it. We don't really know what it looks like yet, as you alluded to. I don't think we've even seen the the nursing home vaccine mandate yet from CMS. I, I don't CMS. think so. So, still a lot of unknowns. And, and, and there certainly could be some nursing and other medical staff who quit over the vaccine mandate. But the sure. indications now are that there are more staff quitting because they are so overwhelmed and overworked with COVID patients. Well, that is a topic of... <laughs> constant uh, that's a topic of debate and, and we'll get to that in one second as well the final mandate well i guess that that is not a mandate we should say but the final policy is is the mac daddy the the one that uh got all the big attention uh the private business vaccine mandate the businesses with more than 100 employees but don't ask us if that is 100 or more Remote workers, in-person workers, per location, nobody really knows. Because, Full-time workers. Right. We, we have not seen uh, the how this is going to play out. And it should be said, this is a situation in which you, don't, you would not have to get the vaccine. You could test weekly, test negative for COVID, you're fine. And OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration... OSHA is going to be the one charged with... You were right. Occupational Safety and Health Administration. See? It's a good, it's a good thing this is my day job. Um, OSHA is going to be the one that is charged with regulating this. And when we eventually get to the point where this 
potentially put in place. Fines could be substantial if you don't comply. I think $14,000 a day, and then they increase from there. So mm-hmm. not a lot of companies have that kind of money lying around. And, and to make it clear that OSHA's uh, vaccine mandate would be under an emergency temporary standard, which federal law grants them the power to do an emergency temporary standard. And the term is grave danger. So when there is a grave danger to workers, they have the authority to take action. Now, whether a vaccine mandate falls under that will be open to, well, it will certainly be a question that attorneys general like Derek Schmidt will be taking to the courts. Yeah, there was uh, a couple dozen uh, attorneys general who put out a letter to the president yesterday. There have been a lot of letters in the last week. Uh, Not a lot of substantive action, but boy, there have been a lot of letters. Yeah, all the talk of the U.S. Postal Service going by the wayside, my friend, I think maybe a little premature. But but they sent a letter to the president uh, making their displeasure known, and the attorney general... Uh, on his own, a unilateral statement last week said he would vigorously challenge the. Uh, really, he was talking. We we assume about the the employer mandate and, and or employer requirements, and that's really what most Kansas Republicans have zeroed in on as the most objectionable part of all this, because they argue it impinges on people's private freedoms. That you know. Uh, you, you quoted in your story the other day that House Speaker Ryan Reichman said, you know, I'm all for people getting the vaccine and encourage it, but the government, federal government should not be requiring it. So mm-hmm. it, it, it really comes down to political philosophy of uh, do you think personal freedom or societal responsibility has the greater factor? Uh, do I have the right to not get a shot for with, with a vaccine that I may not trust? Me personally, I trust it. I am vaccinated. I think you should be too. But some people might not. And do they have the right to not get vaccinated? Or do you say, do they have the right to be infecting other people or potentially infecting other people with a virus that could kill them? Well, and I I think part of the problem also is we arrive very quickly at the anecdotal, right? So Stormont Vale Hospital in Topeka is one of the several major health systems across the state that are requiring the COVID vaccine if you work there. You have a couple more weeks if you work at Stormont to get the vaccine, but it's a requirement that is that is uh, on the horizon very shortly. And there was a protest outside Stormont a couple weeks back, and uh, one of the nurses there I was talking to her, and she said, you know, I'm vaccinated, but I know people on my unit that will quit. This goes into effect. And we're already short-staffed, and I don't think that's right. And we saw on on both sides, I think, um, a lot of pointing to anecdotal, just because, you know, it is such a personal thing. And, you know, depending on, especially I think in the healthcare world where most people are vaccinated, it, you know, it's, it's kind of for the remain, it's easy to focus your attention on people who are not and and while that is like at Stormont that's 15 percent of the people who work there which is surely a significant number but I think it is worth uh we don't want to overstate especially in the healthcare world you know kind of give too much attention to the minority people who have not gotten the shots even though in Kansas as a whole we're about at 50 50 (laughs) for people who have and have not gotten the vaccine so I'll get off my soapbox but but so 
there's been a lot of talk, Jason. What what kind of action have we seen from Kansas Republicans? Uh, as you alluded to, there's been a lot of letter writing. Uh, if you are on Facebook, you have probably, and, and if you follow any of our Republican legislative leadership, so Speaker of the House Ron Reichman, Senate President Ty Masterson, uh, they posted the letters to their pages, and many of the comments were less talk, more action. But wait, wait, wait. isn't writing a letter an action? Well, I mean, I, I guess you're not talking if you are writing a letter, <laughs> but but it, I mean, they can say they did something, but there's not a whole lot they can do. Uh, there's nothing to sue yet, as they as they like to say, we can't sue a speech. And the legislature doesn't have very many options. It's not in session, and a special session is unlikely. Right, and in Missouri, is, there have been talks of a special session. Uh, the governor there, I think, is on board with the idea of a special session. In Kansas, though, we have a Democratic governor. You need two-thirds majority. If the governor does not call a special session, you need two-thirds majority in each chamber to call it. That's probably not happening um, based off the the makeup of the of both bodies. So, yeah, they're kind of left with, you know, even if they did come into session, you know, I mean, the was often pointed to as kind of like what, what states did with the Second Amendment sanctuary state bill, you know, where the federal government has was perceived as overreaching on firearms laws. You know, your state is is a considered a, you know, sanctuary, but. The U.S. Constitution is a tricky thing, and you know any business that that uh, tries to rely on any language passed in any state that says they don't have to follow the the, the president's vaccine uh, policies, assuming they hold up in court, I think may get a pretty hefty uh, fine in the mail. <laughs> I, I I think the concern from some in the legislature is if they try to pass a law saying our businesses do not have to follow the president's vaccine mandate. Uh, the fines from OSHA could be passed along to the state. And Speaker Reichman uh, did an estimate that it could be, I believe he said, $500 million a day. Depending on how many businesses wind up right. rejecting it. And yeah, I mean, I have to say, that was pre- I, I was listening to that. I mean, that was pretty impressive napkin math by the speaker. He must... Uh, he must have done better in his algebra classes than I did. Well, when you're a business owner, you probably have to know your numbers. You would think so. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just it gets to the point where, obviously, among grassroots conservative voters, there's a lot of frustration, but action is tougher to come by. And I, another example of this, going back to last week, uh, or I guess two weeks ago now, is there was a pot of money that officials wanted to set aside for hospitals. Basically, the, give the money to, to all the hospitals in the state with an emergency room. They could then pass that along to their staff in however way they see fit as kind of a bonus, premium pay kind of proposal. Basically, thank you, please don't leave us because we need you kind of gesture. And... Uh, it got a lot of attention because Senate President Ty Masterson, you mentioned earlier, at one point pushed to basically say that uh, if you're a hospital with counterproductive mandates, 
you cannot get the money. And what, what really what he was talking about there are vaccine mandates. And his logic was he's saying workers are going to quit over this, that, that uh, they don't want to be vaccinated. They're going to leave. And that, that kind of flies in the face of why, you know, you're giving people bonuses to keep them. But he says hospitals are putting in place policies to push them away at the same time. And I mean, we saw there was some debate over that as they kind of tried to figure out what they wanted this program to look like with rules and restrictions. And there just really wasn't a whole lot of support for that kind of uh, putting those kinds of strings attached. Because, I mean, I alluded to this earlier, you would disqualify the four biggest health systems in the state. And, and they were not willing to back down on their vaccine mandates. No, and I mean, it makes sense that they wouldn't. Um it would be a pretty pretty bad optics to say, you know, y'all really need to get the vaccine, y'all really need to get the vaccine to the general public. And then the second it became inconvenient for them to have a mandate for their own people to, to back down. So, I mean, I there's a lot of polling out there that indicates nationwide vaccine mandates are the general public's comfortable with them. And, and, you know, that would probably look a little different in Kansas, but it will be interesting to see kind of the political cost-benefit analysis that that uh, legislators do. And if this is still a live issue come January when, when members return. And the political cost-benefit analysis might come into the governor's race. Yes. So far, Laura Kelly has kind of not been too committal on her views on it i mean part part of what biden's speech said was he called on the governors to mandate vaccines for k-12 through teachers or even state employees right and and laura kelly has not done that uh and frankly won't right and it would would be a big surprise i think i i I believe her last comment was she's still looking at what it means for kansas uh but she hasn't said that she is not supportive of Biden doing this kind of a mandate. Schrodinger's vaccine mandate. (laughs) And her almost guaranteed political opponent in the governor's election is going to be Derek Schmidt, who is most likely going to be leading the fight in Kansas against what they see as federal overreach. Yeah, and it's true. And I mean, we've gotten a ton of emails from Republican operatives basically highlighting the governor's comments, public comments on on the vaccine mandate. And, you know, this could be something everyone forgets about in pretty short order. I mean, again, we haven't seen the rules. There has to be a public comment period, I believe, for the rules before they can take effect. Again, the litigation may drag on for a while. Who knows? I mean, like the time this actually gets implemented, who knows how live an issue it'll be. But for the time being, it'll be kind of an interesting test case. Yeah. So for the for Governor Kelly, it might be a an issue that she sees as no political benefit to herself. So she might try to avoid it. While for Derek Schmidt, who no longer has any main primary challengers it could be a further way to solidify support behind him and i mean it also could be much ado about nothing because frankly if you are really concerned about the mandate to the point where it affects who you're voting for i have a suspicion you probably were going to support the attorney general anyway uh 
I'm sure there are voters out there who would fly in the face of that, but, um, you know, it also could be red meat for the bases too. That's always the, <laughs> that's, there's a lot of that going around. So, and here is your reminder in case you haven't seen that Derek Schmidt's primary, primary opponent, uh, Jeff Collier dropped out of the race and endorsed Schmidt, uh, Dr. Collier was diagnosed with cancer, uh, so he dropped out of the race last month. Very much changing the dynamics. I mean, setting aside the, the cancer diagnosis, which I think everyone out there wishes Dr. Collier well, um, very much changes the dynamics of the race because the attorney general now can really spend his time doing things like this and and not having to worry about you know the fundraising will kind of come along you know he doesn't have to raise a ton of money for the primary he could focus on the governor and 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 you know everyone really all elected officials for the most part in kansas have coalesced around endorsing him on the republican side so and he can do lawsuits that uh have broad public support or potentially would like the natural gas price lawsuit uh his office announced earlier this week that they're uh seeking help from additional law firms to potentially sue over potential price gouging in the natural gas prices from uh the winter storms this past year ah yes i remember them well i think i'm still shivering a little from them I was that, that, I, I was hit by the rolling blackouts and I've I will I've not let anyone forget about it. It, it put the chillin' and the chillin' in the state house. Oh, I think we did an episode on that. So if you all are wondering what we're talking about, you can dive back into the chillin' in the state house archives. Well, that, we really covered all our bases on this one, I'd say. Yeah. Uh... Well, folks, I think that does it for another episode of Chillin' in the State House. But if you want to go find our written work, and we would encourage you to do so because, you know, we're a little biased, but we think it's okay. We, we are biased toward our own work, thinking that it's good. We as reporters are not biased. Yes, very important distinction. Yeah. Um, if you want to read that work, you can head over to cjonline.com. You can follow us on Twitter at cjonline. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Heck, by the time we record next, we might have a TikTok. So go find us there. And Jason, if they want to follow you on Twitter, where can that happen? At Jason underscore Tid. That's J-A-S-O-N underscore T-I-D-D. And I am at Andrew Ball, B-A-H-L. And Chilling in the State House is available anywhere you get your podcasts. So we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. And if you want to make it real easy on yourself, you can just go to cjonline.com. We post them Monday mornings uh, when we go live. Well, I'm wiped out. Podcasting is hard work. Yeah, listening to podcasts is hard work too. So you all should go take a break from us. We'll take a break from us as well. And we will meet you right back here. Same time, same place. Have a good one, y'all. Bye-bye.